This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey everyone and welcome back to this very special edition of the Every Step Along The Way podcast, an exclusive interview with Stoke City's number 10, Tyrese Campbell. Throughout the next hour or so, myself, Dan and Andy will delve deeper into Tyrese's life on and off the pitch, including what it's like having five different managers in just two and a half years, what's influenced his decision to stay at Stoke, how hard it was coming back from injury, as well as lots, lots more. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so I'm very pleased to welcome uh, Stoke City's number 10, Tyrese Campbell. Uh, Ty, welcome to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. How's things been, mate? You been okay? No, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And yeah, yeah, everything's going good. Good pre-season. It's been tough, but it's been uh, been good to be back with the lads, yeah. I was going to say, I think Cork and Accrington, obviously, Accrington last night was, uh, was, a, was a tough game, but... Uh, do you put much kind of importance on friendlies in terms of your goal scoring side tire? Is it more about fitness for you? Would you say? Um, for me, I think it's just important for me just to get like the base fitness and all that. The goals will come. You know what I mean? Um, with games yeah. and stuff like that. I mean to get the rust off from obviously the off season to um, just get back confident with the ball at your feet and really iron out anything that you feel that's a bit rusty at that time yeah absolutely and I suppose you know you're playing with a number of new players as well I appreciate you know friendlies we have to rotate the team of course and obviously that you obviously build up an understanding with players so again it's getting that new understanding with obviously the new players coming in and and whatnot as well so no it's, it's good I think it's always it's always interesting I think you know we 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 as fans put a lot of importance on pre-season friendlies and you know it's about yeah. who scores who doesn't and I think it's probably unnecessary sometimes. I think I'm, I'm with you. I think fitness is is the main focus. Yeah, point, so that's, yeah, that's my main focus anyway. I mean, I'm not too concerned about the goals. I mean, they'll come. So as long as I'm fit and I'm feeling good, that's all that matters for me anyway. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. No, perfect. And obviously, with with things like this time, we could have started in a number of different ways. To be honest, and you know, I think. Looking at your football journey, the obvious place would obviously be to start with your time at Man City. But what I actually wanted to do was go a little bit further back than that, to be honest. So, obviously, when you think about your earliest memory of of the game, you know, was yeah. there a particular moment or match or just time in, in history that has really just, I don't know, cemented your love of football um, as a child, really? Um, 
don't, to be fair, I can't really remember too much. My mum, I've been told that when I was like three days old, I was on Sky Sports because obviously my dad had a game and they put me on the cameras. So I remember that, but I've literally just grown up and there's nothing. I've never ever wanted to be anything else apart from a footballer. So that was literally just wanted to be like my dad, really. And so I'm still trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, you're. I think. I think you've been. It feels like you've been around for a long time, Ty. I think for yeah. me, and I think a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you know, he's, you know, he's still trying to make his name for himself. But obviously, you've got your name out there quite a lot. You know, everybody knows yourself, and you know, as you said, you know, you've obviously you've got your dad's background, your dad's influence, and and whatnot. Obviously, you try to you know make your path and um, you know create a mm-hmm. legacy for yourself. And I think I think that is you know, commendable. To, to be honest, you know, you 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 want to forge your own your own way forward, and I think yeah, of course, it, it, it's great to see. So course, obviously, yeah. we think about Man City, and obviously, how hard was it leave, was it to actually leave Man City? Because obviously, it's a big club. We all know that. I mean, was yeah. it a situation where you've really had to think hard about that before making the move? And and I guess what kind of things do you consider when leaving a club like Man City? Um, no, it was a massive thing for me, and um, it wasn't something that um, I just did like quickly. It was probably uh, six, six months it probably took me to make a decision just because obviously I was 15, 16 years old. Um, obviously, all my friends that I grew up with, teammates that I grew up with through City, they were all staying there. And I think out of everyone that got offered, um, a scholar and a pro I was the only one that didn't take it in the end but right. I mean I've grown up and I support City you know what I mean so it wasn't an easy decision but I had to just put my put my career first because I just couldn't see the career the career path they had for me I just it was just not what I wanted I mean it was almost like I'd be waiting till I was to, to be fair this age now to get like get a proper shot so I was thinking that no, that's not what I want so I thought I've got to go out and just test myself and make you know take me out of my comfort zone really I was gonna say it's a very big decision for a 15 16 year old lad to make I mean I guess families is really important in that scenario you know it's, it's, it's a big it's a big jump and a big move yeah yeah exactly I mean all my family supported me and they just said they just wanted what's best for me and what would make me happiest. And my goal, obviously, from when I was younger, was to play in front of fans and score goals in the Premier League. And that is still my goal now. So I'm just still working towards that. But in order to achieve that and test myself, I had to do what's, what was the right thing and what was best for me and leave there. So, But it's a decision that, obviously, I'm, I'm glad I made because if I stayed there, God knows what would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dan, go on. I was going to say, to me, that's a very mature decision as well for someone so young at the time. That's how yeah, I'd sort of yeah. describe that. Yeah, it was, um, obviously, I asked my dad of his opinion and my age and my mum. And it was just something that I thought, I just sat down with everyone and I said, what are the pros and cons of staying, the teams I had interested, what was the pros and cons of them? And, I think in the end, I just thought, you know what, if I stay, it's not the best decision for me. So to put, I had to put my career first almost. And yeah, that was it really. It's very much proven to be the right decision quite clearly, as you've kind of said yourself. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, 
it's good. And I think your path, obviously you've made it through and obviously time's gone a little bit now and, you know, you've, you've made a name for yourself. You were scoring goals for fun. Uh, and what was obviously then under 23s, obviously it was under 21s now, but, you know, you obviously scoring for fun. You've got noticed. And I think one thing when I was looking back at um, kind of your path is that, you've had like five managers in two, two and a half years, something like that, which yeah. obviously is far from ideal for any player of any age, quite frankly. But mm. I mean, for a young player like yourself, trying to obviously nail a first place, well, first team place down, how difficult is it to have five different styles of play while trying to make a name for yourself? It must be quite difficult. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not easy, but, to be honest, I didn't really think of it that way until someone mentioned it to me. It might be my dad, but I just it's it's part and parcel of the game. I guess you're always gonna play for new managers. Obviously, it's not ideal that it's been five, but I just believe in my ability, and I know that there's not many that can do what I do. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I've just got to stay focused, keep working hard, and they'll like me. And thankfully majority of them did in a way yeah yeah absolutely i think all of them valued you i think in my opinion i think some more than others i think you deserved a little bit better at times to be honest i but i think you know michael's shown a lot of faith in you and i think that's it's been great to see and and obviously you know you, you were in a situation previously we had a, a contract obviously on the table that you know very much obviously we now know that of course you signed but you know a lot of supporters when that conversation was happening were very worried mm. to be honest because you know again you're, you're a very bright player you know someone who everyone had taken to straight away so i think we were all a little bit worried you were going to go somewhere else to be honest and um you know what would you kind of say was the main deciding factors to stay i'm assuming michael's trust in you was obviously a key factor but what what kind of other things obviously were you considering at that particular time? Is it is it similar to Man City? You know, you need to look at the bigger picture and where you want to go and bits like that. Um, not not even to be honest. It was more a case of I just wasn't playing at the time, and obviously I had six months left. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that was my last season. Um, when um the gaffer that we have now came in, so. He didn't really, obviously he came in at a tough time, he wasn't doing very well, and he had to just go and pick a team, which I understand, that's fine, but like, I had to do what's best for me, I wasn't playing and I needed to play, so in order to do that, I was, in my head I was prepared, I was saying to myself, I'm going to have to move on again, but um, not to be fair, I think it was just around Christmas to be fair, Jeff put me in, my, in his office and he said like, um, what's going on, like, Obviously, I've not been here. We hadn't really had a proper chat from when he came in until then. And he sat me down and we had sit on the chat. And I said, I said, I'm happy. I said, I enjoy training. I like the staff. I like all the players. I don't have an issue with anyone. I like, I just, I like the place, the fans. I said, it's just a matter of, I need to play. I said, I'm 19, get, going on to 20. I said, these are important years of my life. So I said, like, if I'm not going to play, then I'm going to have to move on. And I said, like, doesn't matter where I said if and then he said to me well if like, I involve you will you give me like your role and I said yeah of course I said I ain't got an issue with the club I said I'm happy to play if I, that's my ideal like choice if I can play here then I'm happy so he said okay cool and then the next game I think the game was it was a Sheffield Wednesday game Boxing Day and then obviously yeah just went on from there 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I will come on to that one actually in a minute, but it was a crazy game. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's strange, like little things that can just turn um, on the flip of a coin. And yeah, and again, we'll get into it. But you're, you're right. I think I think it's great because I think from the outside perspective, you know, Michael seems to be a really approachable person and you know a, a really nice guy. So it's great that you know he's he's made the effort. He's pulled you in. He, he wants to see what you're looking for. And it sounds like it was just a you know, mutual agreement. You're going to give everything and kind of take it from there and, and stay and obviously the, the rest is obviously yeah. history now um so yeah and I, I was just it, it was interesting how you said that about um michael and neon how he said are you going to give me your all are you committed to the club because i think when he came in he seemed to straight away didn't they we saw some faces leave and you know and basically he sort of cut a, those people who maybe didn't before he, he sort of like straight away was like yeah you, yeah. you, you. If you're playing for me, then you are only you, only people who play who are 100 committed to this club will be playing for me, basically. And yeah, yeah. that seems to be sort of like a really strong thing that he, that he really um, believes in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think any manager would want a player 100 percent committed to the cause. And where we was in the league, he couldn't have any. He, we couldn't have people playing for us that didn't want to be there or wasn't 100 percent committed. Um, and I think, as you could tell, when he came in, we everyone was fighting for each other, and we were just playing that playing our heart out every game. And thankfully, that season we stayed up, and I think we built obviously the strength to strength. And he's he brought in players that he thought he can trust, and kept players on that he can trust as well, and he's happy with. I mean, just in terms of obviously the uh, kind of you know typical day for, for yourself, really. Um, yeah. So, what does a typical day look like to you, Ty? When you know when you wake up, do you have like a, a set routine when it comes to like food or you know, music that gets you pumped up as you drive into you know to, to the training ground or to the game? Is there a particular set routine for you? Um, depends. What do you want, game or training? Uh, go for training if that's okay to start with and if, if you want to go on to game absolutely <laughs> uh training i'll wait and wake up um lie in bed for about 10 minutes try not to fall back to sleep um i don't like, i don't like waking up <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah i get i eventually get up obviously do what i need to do get changed brush my teeth wash my face do my hair um get changed bottle of water, get in the car, put the tunes on, then I'll get to, get to the training ground, of course, and then uh, get changed there, um, go up for a bit of breakfast, depends if I'm hungry or not, if I'm not, I'll just leave it, but um, yeah, go up for breakfast and I'll come back down, bit of physio treatment, depending on whether, if I'm feeling fine or if I feel like I just need a release, like quads or around my knee or something like that and then go in the gym do my prep work and stuff about 20 past 10 and then we're out for quarter two so obviously sit the boots on and then we got to train and train come in lunch gym if we have gym on that day and then either the get, get in the pools or just yeah get in the sauna shower and then go out it's a pretty kind of exceptional training ground, isn't it? I think from, from again, we obviously haven't seen the insides of it in any great detail, but the yeah. facilities look fantastic. 
yeah, I mean, you can't complain about the facilities. I think we've got everything you'd need as a professional footballer and where the club wants to be. I think you can't really ask for much more. Everyone's class to be fair, staff-wise, physios, chefs, like even the people on the ground, laundry, like cleaners and stuff. Everyone's top. So, yeah, I mean, you can't, really can't complain. And just... Yeah, so, sorry, I, sorry, Dan, go on. I was going to say, like, so... So when you were sort of away from the training ground and away from football, like what, what kind of things do you like to get into then? So obviously we know like a lot of players like the golf and stuff. Are you, are yeah. you a golfer or I'll go I'll go I'll go to golf to drive the buggy, but I won't play. <laughs> you like me, you like more fun behind the wheel and uh, yeah. So yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> I'll drive I'll drive one of the lads and the other lads will be in the buggy, but no, nah, I can't I can't hit a golf ball, so um I'll just stick to the stick to the buggy. <laughs> What's your kind of relaxing then? What do you, what do you like what do you like to do then away from football? Um, I like my gaming. Um play a lot with like a few of the lads, my a few of my mates from well, one of my mates from school, my brother, um yeah, a couple of my obviously previous teammates at City. Um if not I'll go just go out for a bit of food, lunch, cinema. Um to be honest, I don't really, I don't really do much. I'm quite boring, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to. Um, I don't re- I don't really get excited by much. Like when you're in season and say so you get a day off, it's it gets kind of boring because there's not a lot you can you can do because obviously you have a day off after a game, so you're stiff. So, like, you don't really do much. You're just chilling that, or. You just like between sessions, so you like to train Tuesday or off Wednesday. Don't really want to be doing too much because you obviously know you've got a game Saturday, so it's a bit of a sticky one. But I'm I'm fine doing, not doing too much. To be fair, you could ask anyone. I'm I'm quite boring. Is is there anything like in your contract that says like you? What's the like most obscure thing that you cannot do? Is there anything in there that's like the club like no, we will not allow you to do this? No paragliding, um... nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't. Well, there's like obviously the the usual stuff, like skiing, snowboarding, stuff like that. Just because of like your ankles and so easy to <laughs> hurt yourself in them sorts of like ice skating, rollerblading, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I won't be doing that anyway. Jeez. <laughs> so, so if you if you did stick your rollerblades on, it won't change your ankles. Uh, just uh I tripped over the dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fell over the remote or something. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I know like, earlier on we mentioned, obviously, your dad as well. I mean, what you said, like, you know, obviously you've asked him for advice when you were leaving Man City. What, what's been the biggest sort of influence or the biggest sort of help he's given to you? Like, does, does he um, come to you to give advice or do you go to him or does he just know, like, when, when you need some? Yeah, well, he like he obviously he comes to me like say it's been a tough game and I'm not happy about how I played and stuff. Um, but he's not really like a lot of people think from outside that he'd be like a very hands-on, but he's he's the opposite. To be fair, he's, he wants me to have my own career and learn my own way. And if I do need advice or want advice, I can go to him with whatever. So <laughs> in terms of that, I mean, yeah, he's very. He's just there literally to support me and my brother in our careers, so can't really ask much more of him. 
yeah, that's, that's nice. That is that, like I say, he's, he wants you to be you, and like I say, I'm here if you need me, but I'm not sort of like interfering or like, oh, you should have done this or why you do that. It's he, like I say, yeah. he's he's just there in the background if you ever yeah. need him. Yeah, exactly. Like if I if I go to him, for example, with like talk it well if if he's at the game and I say like, oh, what do you think I could have done there? Then he'll tell me, but he wouldn't ever just come out with it unless I ask him sort of thing yeah yeah that's 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 quite nice that's that's probably like for you that's probably like the easiest way as well isn't it yeah I mean it's a nice way of doing it and he's always said that even from the beginning like he's never been like I know a lot lot of dads have different ways of doing it but he's never been one of them to be proper hands-on he's just very like supportive and that's him moving sort of like into now Obviously, we've got. I know mean, the club have said like they've got like record sales on all these new kits, and I think all yeah. three of them are absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> to be honest, uh, which yeah, one yeah. have you got a favourite? Having the cotton is the one that you like. I'd, I'd wear that. <laughs> um, fair, when when all three came out, because we I didn't we didn't get to see them until they actually got released, and unless you did the photo shoot, so. I didn't see them until they come out, but I was I was impressed with them. They're definitely the best best ones I've I've worn or seen in a while. I'm not wore the white one yet, but I like I do like the black one. To be fair, I think yeah, the black one, the black one. Black I do like favorite. the home kit though. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, 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 the home kit's my favorite. I know Mike Mike likes the black one as well. It's that's his favorite, but yeah, it's just different, isn't it? The home one with the stripe. Oh, the stripes. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot. It's a lot cooler. Yeah, I mean it's a bit more fresh. It's had a bit of a refresh, so um, I'll say the black one. I'll go with the black one. Uh, yeah, I know it's like interesting as well. That obviously the I don't know if you know, but the the two away shirts, the white and the black, are actually like the white shirt is sort of like a re um, sort of repeat of the one that they had in the seventies when they were in the UEFA Cup. And the black yeah. one is repeated the, the away shit when we got promoted in 2008. So they've sort of like gone with a bit of club history as well, which is nice for the fans as well and to, to see. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a lot of um, older Stoke fans, I'd say, that like obviously loved the club growing up in Stoke. So it's nice to like roll, sort, sort of roll back the years and bring them kits back to life and engage with them again. Obviously, also this summer, the, the obviously not just the kits coming in, but... Um, We've got some new signings, and you've been doubling up, haven't you, as Agent Ty, as we've seen on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been doing a, my second job, yeah. <laughs> Double dipping, so what's yeah. the, um, <laughs> so how, how much of a part did you have to play in that? Um, to be honest, not much. Um, fun, funnily enough, this one was sort of done without my, without my um, help. Um, I spoke to him obviously previously to him coming, and he texted me and we spoke about it. He said, "What's it like?" Told him a bit about the club, what the lads like. I said, "A great bunch of lads." I not not no like no one that was really not to say it without swearing. Um, no one with bad energy. You know, what I mean, everyone was the same thing. A good a set of good lads, and everyone was just gets on with each other. And then a couple of weeks went by and he just texted me and said, I'll see you, see you Thursday. So I was like, what? And then, yeah. So, yeah, because obviously you would have played together at like Shrewsbury, wouldn't you, when you were out on loan there? Yeah, yeah, we was together at Shrewsbury. 
So I, I was um, I was the other Josh in the camp taking it as maybe a bit of competition for your BFF. As to timing, as <laughs> is, is he uh, giving him daggers across across the, the canteen? <laughs> uh, no, we all like in the change room. It, time I was sits next to Josh, and then Josh is next to me. So we all get on anyway. Josh is a Josh Ron is a good lad. I mean, if you don't get on with him, you've got something wrong with you. So. Um, everyone loves him, and I said he's a great addition to the team. And he's obviously a good player as well, and that's what we want in the in the building: good players. So, um, just hope that we can all have a good relationship on the pitch and have some success. Yeah, because we've been like obviously Stokes Media have been doing some great content when you're out on Ireland, and we were we were just talking before, weren't we, about the the laugh you laugh you lose videos. I mean, mm. like you all had a, a like a riot, a riot sort, of, sort of recording them and putting them together. Yeah, that was that was quite good to be fair. The jokes were a bit dead, but it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's like yeah, Louis Baker and obviously Josh Laurent just seemed to he just seemed to have him on toast, didn't he? He just knew that he was doing yeah, look at yeah, it. Yeah. He just burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah, but Josh just like Josh has got like one of them contagious laughs, and he's like he's always like laughing and. Joking and that, so it's not hard to get get a laugh out of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he drew a good one then, did he, Lewis? Being yeah, paired with him. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I put that one together because um, they they said ah, uh, we've got. I think it was Bakes and who was it? Who else was it? Bakes and it was someone else. And I said, no, nah, you want to do Bakes and Josh. And yeah, obviously it was a success. So. <laughs> And I see you and uh, you had a, a tie to contest with uh, with Josh Time and yourself. You were he's yeah, you, he's giving the yeah, eyes, yeah, making yeah. you laugh. I could see him. <laughs> yeah, he's it was a tricky one. I thought I'd give him the win though. His ones weren't weren't that good, but I thought yeah, I will give him the win, get his confidence up. <laughs> uh, but so um, obviously, sort of like you know, you're now. You had that second sort of little knee operation at the end of last season, didn't you? They just sort of ended your season a few games early. Yeah. Are you hoping now that sort of everything, obviously it's all, you can put it behind you now and obviously you've got a pre-season and and you yeah. can sort of just, yeah, basically sort of draw a line under it and, and be, because obviously you were sort of ripping up the championship, weren't you, before, before the injury, mm. let's be honest. Mm. And it's sort of just, I mean, how would you come to terms with that as well? Like, Knowing that straight away you've got twelve months before you can get out and play football again, how do you keep yourself motivated day after day? Um, I'm not gonna lie to you, like it was a, it was a bit of a blur to be honest. I if you ask if someone asked me and said like, do you remember that? I'd be like, no. Like there was so much that happened, and for me it went quite quick. But when I eventually found out how long it was, I was like, no way. Like I can't believe I was out for that long um, obviously it's not easy as well when I was playing the way I was the best football I've probably ever played in my life I, felt, I just felt unstoppable and at the time we was, I think we were second in the league when we was running up against them Cardiff um, and yeah I was obviously it hurt me to find out the extent of it and the complexity of it but as soon as I got over that it was just all about getting get back playing because like you take it sort of, sort of for granted when you're playing and fit and training every day, but when you actually 
you're out of it and it's taken away from you. Like even you know, I couldn't even walk. You know what I mean? So when I was on crutches for three months, it was um, just small gains really, like getting off the crutches, like no brace, being able to squat with weight, being able to get on the tr- like the ultra G, then going outside. It's all small gains that like just I was look I was always pushing towards. Yeah, just sort of setting yourself, sort of breaking it down into sort of like mini targets. Yeah, like that's all mini targets that I knew were reachable at that point. I mean, obviously the main goal is to get back to football, but in my head, I just had to do small, small gains and small, small targets just to keep myself motivated and keep myself going. Yeah, I guess that's what you got to keep doing to in order to get back to full fitness. And obviously, when we've seen you at full fitness, we've seen you play in multiple positions across the front three. Where would yeah, you say yeah. your most impactful position is? Like for me and probably most people is when you're on the right-hand side and cutting in. Um, mm. When you were fit this season, I remember the goal against Birmingham where you cut in yeah, from yeah. the right. And where would you say yeah. specifically is your best position? Um, well, I'm a, I'm, I am a striker. Like, not be a striker. That's my favourite position. That's the position I want to play. But I feel like in my career so far, most success I've had is off the right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've got the. I mean, I can. I enjoy. I enjoy playing on the right. I like taking people on, like creating chances, and a lot. Of, a lot of the fullbacks in the champ. Obviously, when I was playing, they couldn't really deal with me. So that was something I enjoyed, and just enjoyed taking people on and creating chances, really, and scoring goals, but. I am a striker at the end of the day, I always will be. Um, so that's my favourite position. But in my career so far, I'd probably say the right, yeah. Yeah, obviously, speaking of goals, um, you've scored a lot of goals for the club. And which one specifically for you sticks, sticks into your mind, either for the quality of the finish or just for the moment of the goal? Um, the Huddersfield one, when the ball came on the edge of the area. And... I took a touch and then loved the keeper. Yeah, I remember watching it on TV. Cause yeah, that, that, that's before my I started traveling. goal. Yeah, yeah. that's well, my favourite goal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a goal that sticks with most Stoke fans' minds goes back to Sheffield Wednesday where you scored that volley late on in the 92nd yeah. minute. Did you feel at that point, obviously the game went to 2-2, in the final moments, did you feel like there was a chance that you know there's that you could win this despite all the odds being against you? Um, I think when I scored, I was. I felt like the the crowd got behind us again, and we. I felt like yeah. I said if we get a chance here, I said we're gonna score, and obviously we got a corner. Um, Maka doing, doing his usual hard work, creating something out of nothing, and then yeah, Vokes obviously come up with the goods, and definitely one of the, one of the best moments of my career. So far, definitely that the feeling of winning it, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I I recently got my season card then, so obviously I haven't been to too many games, and probably one of my best memories as a Stoke fan so far. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed that game. Yeah, speaking of like strikers you played with, obviously you played with a few Stephen Fletcher, Sam Vokes, Lee Gregory, like you mentioned, but it seemed like you had the most instant connection with Stephen Fletcher. Is it something that came across naturally between you two, or is it something that had to be worked on on a training pitch? Um, it was sort of a natural thing. Like obviously we did 
shape and stuff in training and we played together but obviously Fletch is an experienced striker he's played in played in the Prem for many years played in like France played for his country so as a young striker I couldn't really ask for a better someone better to come in and help me really and talk to me and he told me what kind of service he wanted and where he, what he wanted me to do and I sort of just worked off him really and yeah we, we had a good partnership yeah it was it was a very good partnership you were probably the best partnership in the championship at the time and obviously now you've yeah. got Jacob Brown and players like that who probably fit yeah. you could say Michael O'Neill's style a bit more and yeah yeah it's it seems to be working which is the great thing that we want but Obviously, this no, season we've cool. seen you've got a proper preseason behind you, which you sort of really didn't get last year. How no, important? I, I yeah, how important is preseason to a player, and like, how difficult is it compared to last year? With obviously how it has been. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I, last season I thought I'd be like because I was in early. I was in before the lads. Obviously, I wasn't fully like back training yet so I was still with the physios and stuff like that so I thought oh, I've got a head start like I'm running before they are and stuff I'm back in um, but it's completely different running on your own to running with the lads and training with the lads and being on the ball to like all that stuff so last season was hard for me because I came in when they'd stopped the running and it was just a lot of football stuff so I had to sort of catch up on that um, whereas this season I've been obviously done every session from the day we were back in and like I can feel the, the difference already like I feel yeah well it's the main thing that you're feeling the difference obviously it's Come completely right. different when you've been out yeah. yeah of course I mean I've just come back from 10 months knee injury so yeah I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to just be the player I was straight away. I think one of, that was one of one of the hardest things to get my head around, being like, what's, got, like, what's going on? Like, why aren't, why aren't I? I just automatically back how I was. And then obviously, physio said, like, you're not going to get to that level straight away. You've been out for 10 months, you missed a lot of football. You've basically, like, had a big, like, injury. You've got, like, you've had surgery. You've got like I had I had an anchor in my knee, obviously. So, so that was sort of stuff that I had to get my head round. And once I had my head round that, I was like, okay, I understand it more. And it was just a matter for me. The biggest thing I took from last season, obviously, I scored a few goals, but obviously I wasn't at my best. It was just getting through the season with the knee not really being an issue. And thank, like frankly, it wasn't. And that's credit to the physios. I mean, the sports science team. Like people that I worked with out of away from the club as well, like can't thank him enough for just getting me back to like we're having no issues with it. Obviously, first few weeks it felt a bit different, something I had to get used to. But yeah, I mean I can't thank him enough for it. I suppose yeah, as well. I mean coming, obviously you came into. I, I, this is going back off memory here. I remember you coming on against Blackpool. Uh, when we beat them 1-0 and um, my thought and I've mentioned this to Dan before where as a player or as you, you next last season is it important just to maybe come back at say 60% and just get some games behind you or 
I guess we were in a situation where we needed goal scorers at that point. You know, we needed to score goals. So obviously, in in my eyes, you maybe were had to be brought back into the fold maybe quicker than than maybe anybody wanted. So is it better to come back and play a few games and try and get that fitness back in that way, or is it better maybe just to to just take the you know in hindsight maybe take the the rest of the season off and then of course come back fresh this year? Or doesn't it really matter? Um. Well. I don't think if you're gonna wait, I mean, there's no point in waiting because, say, if I didn't play last season and just waited until this season, it would be I'd still be. I'd need I need the games really. Like every football needs the games. Like even when I was playing for the 23s, it was like so different to the first team. You know what I mean? Because I'm used to the the pace and the the physicality of the championship. Whereas in the 23s, it's a lot of turnover. There's not as much quality, obviously, as the first team. So I'm like, I was, I was coming out of the gap thinking, I'm, I'm way off it here. What's going on? But then in training, I'd be like tearing up like I used to be. So I was like, anyway, I was like, anyway, 23s games were just really purely for minutes. And I think as a player coming back from injury, the best, best thing to do is just get the games in you because yeah. you get that, you get the run of games and, you get that match fitness back. I mean, it's completely different to being fit. So, like, you could be a, you could do marathon after marathon, be a ten k runner, but you play football and you'd be you'd be blowing. You know what I mean? Like, people don't understand how hard it is if you're not match fit to actually like keep up for the, with the game for ninety minutes. It's it's hard, especially for a player like me who's very like powerful. I'm very like more of a sprint based athlete, you'd say. So. Like that was one of the biggest things for me, just getting back into it and playing the minutes. And I know I didn't play as much as I'd hoped for, but I was just grateful to be back around it. And considering where I was, like twelve, yeah, a year prior to obviously some of the games. And obviously, you know, you set yourself quite a high bar. So I suppose you you can be your own worst critic, I suppose, in them scenarios when you set yourself such a high bar to to achieve. And I mean, for me, Ty, I thought you did really well when you actually came back, to be honest. As you said, you, but you were out for so long. And, um, you know, I suppose the sport, the sports science guys must come into that quite a lot, I assume, in terms of how long you're allowed to to get on the pitch and how, how much is too much, etc. Is it the more the sports science guys that, that help you with that type of thing? Um, yeah, obviously they monitor our our minutes and the load that we do because obviously some some players need the rest more than others. Like for example, Time or Brownie, they're them two are animals. They don't need that that rest. You know what I mean? Like they could, they could run for two games in a row with no rest. So whereas with like me, for example, I'm I'm a powerful player. Like I'm a sprint. A lot of my running in a game is sprinting. Um, yeah. So is so is theirs to be fair, but we're built a bit different. Like so, like the, in terms of that stuff, I it's really needed to monitor just like in case of injuries and stuff. And obviously, I'd come back from a knee injury, so they just obviously they didn't want me to keep breaking down. They just wanted me to be as fresh as I could be, which I understand and respect but it gets to a point where you're like i just need to play yeah i know um i read i remember reading something about uh, from like a physio and he said that those the type of injuries that you had is it's like a two-year cycle of recovery there's the if the actual recovery of rebuilding the knee and getting it stronger and building up the area around it 
and then there's the the second year, which is actually on the pitch, and like basically, yeah. I think the moral of the story was don't expect like don't expect anything until the following season, regardless of who the player. Yeah, that's is. what. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I had regular meetings with the manager and sports scientists and stuff, and like they said, like the sports science, um, I mean, sports science guy had the sports science. He said like. So he's been at previous clubs, he's dealt with players that have had that sort of injury and he was like don't, like the the, season, the following season I come back that's when you'll see the best of me after the, obviously post injury so, like as I've said, I was happy that I've just, I was fit and I was around the team and obviously would have liked to play more than I did but I was just grateful to be back and be fit and not have them issues, you know what I mean, and constantly be missing games and having to miss training sessions and Stuff like that. Like, I didn't. I don't think I missed one training session, to be honest. So when I was back, I mean, how how about how much bad luck is it for obviously you were flying and you got injured, and then last season Harry Suter was like you know one of the best defenders in the league, and then he suffered sort of a, a similar injury, didn't he? Yeah. Did you sort of did he ever did he ever come to you because obviously you'd just gone through what he was looking for like, sort of looking at going through in the next 12 months of his career um yeah obviously as soon as it happened and i heard about it um i rang him straight away texting i said like you're right obviously he's not he'd not had the scan yet but i just said let me know and i said see when i found out and he told me i was just like listen all the lads will be here for you and you know i've been I've literally just come come away from this sort of thing. So I said, like, make sure you just mentally is the main thing because it, it does take a toll eventually. Like, you might not notice it now, but, like, a couple months down the line, you'll be like, yeah, this is it's affecting me. So I said, like, you just got to do stuff at your, at your own pace. And if you're not happy about something, say it. I said, if you hold it in, it would just be worse. So I just said, well, I'm here for you if you need any advice. Like, I'm here and stuff. And he's come to me, of course. Like, we're, we're good mates. Like, I'm, there's not many. He's probably one of, my, he's one of my best mates at the club. So me and him talk a lot. And I, when I was injured, I needed him. And obviously, when he's been injured, I've, I've been there for him. So anything he's needed, I've tried to do to the best of my ability and just help him, obviously, from my previous experience with it and in terms of obviously this season ty so obviously everyone wants to go for promotion of course they do um yeah. but is there any kind of personal targets that you set? I mean, are you one of them strikers who says i need to score 20 goals or i want to go for 10 and see how i feel it do you set yourself targets like that um yeah i mean i think any striker does like they might not say it but i think as a striker you've got to set yourself goals and never be happy with how many goals you've got and never rest and stuff like that. I mean, it keeps you hungry, it keeps you motivated to score. Um, so, yeah, I've always, I've always, I always set goals. I've done it since I was at City, like when I was eight years old. So, in terms of kind of the end of the main questions, really, Ty, in that respect, but I, I wanted to, if you don't mind, um, have a little bit more fun. So, I'm going to put my Gary Neville hat on, 
uh, and okay. for a minute, if you don't mind. Now, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Depends what you think about Gary Neville. But uh, either way, uh, you know, we've seen Neville run through uh, 50 quick fire questions. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do the 50 quick fire questions. You've got better things to do. But um, <laughs> I've got around 20 questions I wanted to kind of run through. Uh, you know, I'll give you a bit more leeway than he does. You're allowed to elaborate on any questions if you wish. But um, are you up for having a, a quick, quick fire? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yep, brilliant. Okay, cool. So, uh, pre-match ritual. No, I won't. Okay, go-to cheat meal. Sandals. Nice. Favorite holiday destination? Abu Dhabi. Your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Luther Vandross. Never too much. Oh, nice. When was the last time you sang that at karaoke? Um, at karaoke for a while ago. But I sang it in my car the other day. <laughs> nice. Nope, no one was there. No, no, no problems. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, okay, best striker played with? Fletcher. Nice. Okay, toughest defender faced? Van Dyke. Your best performance? Brentford at home. The 3 2 game. Nice. Uh, best atmosphere you've played in, if you can particularly think of one, one game? Um, that Sheffield Wednesday game at home. Yeah, fair play on that one. I think that was amazing atmosphere. Okay, favourite goal for Stoke. We might have already kind of half answered this one, but favourite goal for Stoke. Yeah, the one against Huddersfield. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> uh, favourite away, uh, away ground. Favourite away ground. Yeah. Um, the Leicester Stadium. Nice, lovely. We've got to ask you this one. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Biggest joker in the team? Um, Joe Bursic. <laughs> uh, worst dress sense? Uh, ooh. There's too many, Blondie. isn't there? Blondie. Perfect. Everyone says Blondie, I've noticed. Um, yeah. First, <laughs> first player to turn up for training? Brownie. Last player to turn up for training. Um, <laughs> probably me. <laughs> <laughs> this must be a, a very long fine list uh, in that case. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now, to be fair, we've been much better this year. <laughs> good, good. Uh, who's the person who's always on his phone? Mm, always on their phone. Let me go out. Let me just think about this. Um, who's on the phone? Cool. Who controls the pre-match music? Bakes. Is it? Has he got good taste? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy his music. It's good. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, we haven't words with you on that one. Tomorrow, if that's not the case. Um, yeah. <laughs> who, who would you say is the father of the group? Um. The crew. Um, obviously, there was a lot of like the Seymour senior players that left this year. So now it's probably um, probably Frank. Frank, nice. Okay, who's the club prankster? Or oh, have you not quite got one yet? Because there's a lot of changes. Uh, probably me. Oh, okay. Uh, any any interesting yeah. pranks you want to divulge? Mm, no, 
Okay. <laughs> right, lovely. Um, and final one, uh, FIFA or Pro Evo? Wow, FIFA, of course. <laughs> Pro, <laughs> Pro Evo was good, but the, but the, but the, what do you call it? The um, quality of it was is nothing on FIFA, but FIFA's a bit rigged this year, so. Yeah, I've heard about all the scripting going on. Um, some pretty yeah. embarrassing scripting as well. So you've seen that yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Many. I'm one. I'm one of the best there is at FIFA, but there is scripting definitely. Ah, trust me, mate. You 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 get right. <laughs> no, I'm a bit of a FIFA nut myself, and you chose the good answer. And I've got a few questions about what you think of your own FIFA card. Okay. So how how do you would you say you rate yourself? Because FIFA gives you eighty two pace. What, no, where would you rate the, yourself? The cards all wrong. <laughs> well, what what sort of stats would you give yourself? Pace, at least ninety. Yeah. Shooting, what what's the shooting now? Seventy. Seventy five. Yeah, you're passing sixty. No, I've got sixty eight at least. <laughs> You're 70 dribbling? Uh, um, 74. 33 defending? No, nah, I'm a good defender. I'll give myself <laughs> 45. That does include 63 heading in that stat as well. It includes what? 63 heading. Yeah, my heading needs to improve. I agree. <laughs> and then your physicality is 67. Uh, I'm, I'm 75 at least. Yeah, so you're 70 rated overall. What would you give yourself overall? It depends. It depends how I'm, if I'm going off last season, I keep it like that because I wasn't yeah. obviously completely happy with how I played and how I performed and stuff. But attributes wise, I'd give myself at least, I'd be a gold card at least 75, non rare. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. You've been humble as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go over the top, but there's people who'd say 84, 85, and no, no, you can't. I'm not that. Yeah, I'll get when I get there, I'll tell you, I'll tweet you, but not there yet. (laughs) Lovely, perfect. Um, Dan, I mean, we've we've kept Ty quite a while now, but is there any final questions you want to get in just before we let Ty leave? Um, no, uh, just obviously just thank Ty for his time as well. It's been uh, it's been an hour, I've had a really good time, I really enjoyed it. No, sorry, I appreciate you uh, having me on and. Letting me talk nonsense. Waffle. It's what we do every week. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for you on this pod, Ty. If you're bored on a, on a Sunday night or, or you know, Friday, you're welcome to join us. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll try to try get time on and I'll do some questions with you. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.